This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1. This is The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. A show about sex, relationships and everything in between. You can start to feel bliss while you're vacuuming. I don't know if I've tried that or not. Do I want to try it? What is it? Very complex, very interesting. Flogging, whipping, caning. So there I was in my high heels and my little dress. So it is purely a stigma. Healthy sexual expression with other humans. I went to the local women's health centre and went, I think I'm a lesbian, is there a support group? They don't know quite how to talk about it. It's actually a core skill in relationships. That has always worked for me. Welcome, Rochelle, to Evolution of Intimacy. You've come along today as a sexologist willing to share with us a bit about sex and ageing. And thank you for having me, Ella. So ageing is something that happens to all of us if we're lucky enough and naturally the body changes. What some of the things to look out for, some of the challenges, but also maybe some of the opportunities? Uh, Yeah, exactly. It does change so much. Changes so many times throughout our lives. You know, as we we watch children grow, then sort of enter into puberty and that, you know, burgeoning sexuality and then there's those reproductive years and then there comes this point where things are starting to change. And certainly for those people with uteruses, they really notice the change quite significantly, probably often starting in their 40s and into their 50s as they enter perimenopause and menopause. Sometimes it's not as noticeable in people with penises that lowering of testosterone declines quite slowly over the years. But definitely there are many physical changes that occur for people. And some of those are welcomed and some of them are not welcomed. Yeah, sure. It's always a bit of a shock if you're used to yourself being a certain way and then slowly or not so slowly things change. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. So for people with uteruses, what might they notice in their 40s? Oh, this is often where the estrogen and progesterone are starting to decline and there is a whole range of different things that people might experience. And quite often one of the first things is changes in their periods. So they might be less frequent. They might not be coming every month. They might be a bit longer. They might be heavier. They might last longer when they do get them. Maybe there's pain that they didn't have before. It just things are different. And that can be the first sign that something's shifting. But then there's this whole range of other emotions that might shift. Some people talk about being really teary. Other people talk about irritability and like intense anger and like rage even. But then there's other physical things that are happening. Like hot flushes is probably the one that most people are aware of. But there can be things such as itchy skin and dry eyes, just their skin being drier and less elastic and just a whole range of different things that you can almost feel for some people like their body's betraying them and what the hell's going on. Yeah, I mean, that all sounds really challenging and frustrating and not just this, oh, one day you just stop menstruating and then you can skip around in your white bathers forevermore <laughs> or whatever it is. Oh, we wish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So 
What about remaining sexually intimate through those times with changing bodies? That would be really confronting. Oh, definitely. And for some people, they really dislike what's going on with their body and they find that very challenging so that there can be a whole range of body image things that occur for people weight gain can be happening at this time as well and for for some people they're not able to move like they used to their body feels uncomfortable and a lot of people actually find a sudden diminishing in libido and I know for me personally it almost happened overnight it was there one day and gone the next and I'm what the hell what's happened yeah and uh, that can be really really confronting so when you've got a lot of things that are going on physically and emotionally, that's really going to affect how you feel as a sexual being. Sure. And a lot of people do report that that sudden decline in libido is something that they're quite confused about. And for some people, there can also be some pain in when they're engaging in penetration because their reduction of estrogen can cause the linings to be drier and more sensitive. And there's these things can start to happen in their 40s but are definitely very noticeable as people are progressing through that menopause stage. We're hearing from sexologist Rochelle Menzies of Sensual Potential, such a great name. We're having a chat about sex and ageing. With all these challenges that may be occurring and libido reducing or like you said, in your case, just overnight kind of it was gone. Yeah. There's certainly motivations for people still to be sexual with partners. There might be uh, desires from the partner to maintain sexual intimacy. What can people yeah, do to still maintain that connection despite some of those changes? Or you also talked about that pain and would never encourage anyone to persist with penetration if it was painful. Exactly. And I think certainly looking at, well, what are some of the physical things that are going on? If there is pain, if there is dryness, there are things that can be done. And certainly supporting with estrogen and progesterone, and particularly if you've got a uterus, you do need to have progesterone as well as estrogen, can bring things back into a balance. But for some people, even you know, using hormone tablets or patches or gels is not quite enough so that they can also use an estrogen cream that's inserted vaginally and that can keep the vagina and the cervix quite healthy and lubricated and support penetration. For some people still that's not quite enough. So I'm a big fan of lube, lube and a lot more lube. It is your friend as you get older. No. Um, so certainly if that is vaginal issues are a problem, then that's, that's a fairly easy fix for people. But we know that libido has so many more other things attached to it yeah. and that there, there are so, I must say, it's not all bad news. There are some people whose libido actually goes through the roof. Okay. So everybody is going to be different. And, you know, when you're thinking about all these different things that are happening, if you're not sleeping well, if you're feeling fat and frumpy and old, if you're feeling that your body's not your own anymore, you're tired, maybe you're irritable, sex is going to be the last thing on your mind. Yeah. But I often talk to people about, well, why do we have sex? Is it just about a physical release? Because you know what? You can do that for yourself. If you're not feeling that, there's probably a whole raft of different reasons that we have sex. And you talked about connection, and that's often the main one for people. It's about that connection. And remembering that that's the reason that they have sex is to feel connected. For a lot of people, 
that's a good enough motivation to go, well, maybe I'm not feeling the desire, but there is so much that I get out of actually this physical connection and having sex and being intimate with the person that I care about that's so much more than just having an orgasm that these are the many reasons why I would want to engage in this. That's such an important point, I think, that... I think many people think they have to feel this sort of spontaneous horniness to be able to be sexual (laughs) and that's not necessarily realistic in a busy life. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. And I I like to talk about what we call the why not model. So my partner's approached me for sex. I'm not really feeling it. Why not? Mm. If you're exhausted or you're in pain or, you know, there are a lot of really valid reasons as to why not. If my only why not is because I'm not feeling horny, Ah, maybe if we, what are the things that I need to make me feel horny? And quite often it can be kissing and touching and a whole range of other things that arousal starts to occur and then desire can kick in a little bit later. You know, many people will say, once we got going, I was really into it. Yes. So just having to think about why not. And if the only reason why not is because I'm just not feeling horny right now, Let's get going and see what happens because you can always stop if it doesn't kick in. But if you've got really valid reasons as to why not, then definitely don't. Yeah, that's such a good point. And then starting and seeing where it goes, that can be a beautiful experience of connection, even if it doesn't become more sexual or genital focused. It can still be a nice time together to connect. Exactly. It's about pleasure, isn't it? It's about the journey and Sometimes the destination of orgasm is not necessarily one that's a goal for that individual or even achievable for various reasons, but it's that journey of pleasure that you can go on together where you both give and receive pleasure and that builds that connection and that that can be really, really valuable for your relationship. You are listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with me, Alice Shannon, a show about sex relationships and everything in between. Most of us have not been encouraged or taught how to talk about sex. They are curious. Hang on a sec, I'm a woman, I have needs now. Whole new level of sensation and pleasure. I looked at my yoni before and after and Mm. I was like, oh my God. You may experience a range of emotions. What we associate as being related to one gender or another, it changes all the time. Pleasure is our birthright. You're on these massive doses of steroids. I look like Bert Newton. I wouldn't have been attracted to myself. <laughs> so they were just so happy to know that A, they weren't alone, and B, that this was like a legitimate thing. And that actually sounds really lovely and erotic, really pleasurable. It's a secret. Mind blowing. some couples and people maybe feel shame about the changes or things don't happen in the way that they used to so perhaps there might be it might be easy to kind of give up or not try what would you say to couples that perhaps erections aren't as strong for the person with a penis or there's pain or not that lubrication how would you support those couples to come together well I definitely talk about getting back to pleasure because quite often there's this lot of there's a lot of pressure you're in this romantic relationship with someone you should be having sex you know there's no shoulds here let's get back into pleasure and senses and touch 
and look at all of the things that we like doing together. And I often suggest an activity where you explore different types of touch on different parts of the body because sometimes there are erogenous zones that we didn't even realise were there. Look at the other ways that we can be sexual and intimate that don't necessarily need penetration. Uh, what are the things that we can do together that maintain that intimacy and that connection that we have with each other? And they're the sort of things that we can focus on. And sometimes when you take that pressure off, it's amazing what can actually happen. Yeah, As I say to clients, yeah, I'm going to give you this activity where there's lots of different parts of the body and lots of different ways that you can touch. And you, you may decide you're going to try soft gentle strokes all over the body or you might focus on the back and you might try lots of different touches on the back and it's not do everything at once but just this is a journey of discovering each other's bodies and what feels nice and what are the bits that make you go oh they've got tingles there that's lovely and if it leads to sex that's awesome but it doesn't have to how lovely yeah it's such an intimate thing to do with each other and I think people can get really stuck on in heterosexual relationships penis in vagina or certain things being sex and just get a bit lazy and that exercise (laughs) just sounds like it really opens up so much more opportunity for intimacy it does and it's really about being in that moment it's also really useful for people who get very stuck in their head so if someone has performance anxiety or someone's fearful about there being pain on penetration it's taking that pressure off and going we're just going to look at pleasure and see what that looks like and what feels good what feels nice? What makes you feel tingles and go, oh, I didn't expect that? You know, because no matter how long you've been together, there's there are still things you can learn about each other and each other's bodies and really focus on what am I feeling in this moment? What are the sensations rather than that? Oh, you know, is this going to lead to sex? And, and, and am I going to feel pressured? And then, you know, am I going to you know, lose my erection, not get an erection? Is it going to be painful? Forget about all that stuff. And just be in the moment into what your body's experiencing. Delicious. Michelle, you mentioned that you were willing to share a bit of your own experience of coming out as an older woman. Um, So I was 40 and I had come out of a a long-term, fairly abusive relationship. And I'd spent quite a few years on my own and had counselling and things like that. And I'd really started to get back into who I was as an individual, I woke up one day and realized I was in love with someone I knew who was a straight woman, of course, always the way. (laughs) And there was a lot of confusion for a few weeks. Oh my goodness, am I gay? Am I bi? What's going on? I don't know. You know, they're not going to reciprocate because they're, they're not gay or bi either. And, but what it did was it made me realize that I had the capacity to love someone and be attracted to someone. So I pretty much jumped in the deep end and I was living in a little tiny town just outside of Gympie at the time. I went to the local women's health centre and went, I think I'm a lesbian, is there a support group? No, let's start one. So they put an ad in the local paper and said anyone, women who are attracted to women, come along to the women's health centre. So so on this evening, oh, it was so brave of them too, actually. True. And on this night, 12 women turned up. So there I was in my high heels and my little dress with my long hair and my long fingernails and I did kind of get the look up and down go, so you think you're a lesbian, do you? And I'm like, oh gosh, maybe I'm not. 
Um, and over the years, those women became amazing friends, and that group continued for about 13 years. And it kind of morphed from a support group into a social group. Through that, I supported many women coming out later in life in regional Queensland, and I made some amazing friends. It was a really, really special time. And I certainly, when I'm supporting people, I talk about, first of all, it's that relationship with yourself and working out who you are and what you want and where you're going. And then it's about connecting with community because I find a lot of women will go, right, I'm a lesbian, I need to find a girlfriend now without even actually having a connection and making friends in the community. So being involved in community, volunteering, finding out where there's events, Accessing things online if you're in an area where there's not a lot happening and making friends and kind of working out where you fit in that big scheme of things and then seeing, letting those friendships organically become whatever they're going to become. What a journey. And you mentioned sort of the way that you looked, the fingernails and so on. Yeah. Was there a bit of a sense of there's a certain way a lesbian person is meant to look? <laughs> <laughs> In regional Queensland, there was. So yeah. I did get asked, did I have Doc Martens and a flannelette shirt? Right. Okay. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't. I mustn't be a lesbian. Oh, no. Um, but it, it's your uniform. You know, <laughs> it was. It, and, and certainly, you know, as someone who's very femme presenting, that was something I did experience over the years. And probably more so in big cities. It was quite fascinating. I was at Mardi Gras one year and rocked up to this nightclub and here I am, my stilettos and my little sequin dress and the bouncer looked at me and went, you do know this is a lesbian club, don't you? And I was like, awesome, maybe I can pick up here. (laughs) I went, oh, okay. Gosh, isn't that silly? That I, I thought that was quite an old-fashioned point of view, um, but that that still sort of um, prevails is pretty funny. It is. It, I think there's there's no one way to look like a lesbian, and certainly as someone who is very friend presenting, I would often people would often say, "Oh, you don't look like a lesbian." I said, "Well, what's a lesbian supposed to look like?" Yeah, and particularly in this, the type of relationships I have as a femme, I am attracted to masculine, centered women and trans men and non-binary people and so the butch femme dynamic is very strong so that it is it is quite a dance between the masculine and the feminine in presentation sure so it is uh, a part of the community i think that for a while was probably a bit hidden but it's certainly coming to the fore again but there's there's like there's no one way to be a lesbian or look like a lesbian or you need to be attracted to a certain type of person. And I do know when people are first coming out, they want to be visible. And sometimes people will go, well, should I you know, have a certain haircut or do I need to wear rainbow stuff or do I need to present more masculine? And I encourage people just to be themselves. And maybe they want to play with that. Maybe they have looked a certain way because that's how they've been told they should look. And that's not really how they feel most comfortable. So if that's the case, explore your presentation and your expression. But if you're really comfortable in how you look and how you present, then stay with that because you will find your tribe, you will find your people. And when you're very confident in who you are, other people will be drawn to you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Rochelle, for sharing a bit about yourself and then more in generally about aging it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today oh absolutely my pleasure i think 
that we don't have enough of these conversations. So I applaud you for, for talking about ageing and sexuality because it we are sexual beings from birth till death. Absolutely, yeah. It doesn't have to stop at any point. You can be Definitely sexual not. and connected and you can come out and be yourself at any time in your life. Exactly, exactly. So thank you for having me on today. Absolute pleasure. You've been listening to The Evolution of Intimacy with Ella Shannon. We're feeling juicy the whole day. Every desire I could possibly think of. What sort of impact would it have? They want it, they're going to go and get it. They don't think of long-term consequences. Oh, did that feel really nice? Oh, yes, that felt really delicious. Being able to feel good about my body again, that's been a huge thing. All anybody really wants in this world is to feel seen and heard. We actually do have a lot that connects us physically. It's making people feel good. There is a real sense of hopefulness that returns in a relationship. A really beautiful thing. Take that beauty and that calmness and that bliss and that sense of peace out into the world. Thank you for listening and I hope we've inspired you with our juicy conversations on this episode of The Evolution of Intimacy. If you would like to go deeper, you can book a session of relationship counselling, sex therapy or individual counselling via my website. I work in person in Cairns, tropical far north Queensland or I can meet you online anywhere in the world. Or you might prefer to go at your own pace with my 12-lesson relationship and intimacy online course. To book or to listen to previous episodes, visit my website, ellashannon.com or follow me on the socials at Evolution of Intimacy. Finally, please go to iTunes and write me a quick review if you're feeling kind. Thank you, lovelies, and see you next time. This podcast was produced and recorded in the studios of Cairns FM 89.1.